at the line is part of Belly Up Sports. Visit bellyupsports.com for more podcasts and articles from all your favorite sports. That includes football, racing, baseball, basketball, and even hockey. Also, follow Belly Up Sports on Twitter at Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports. Be bold. Stand out. What's up, guys? This is At The Line. We just had game one of the Spurs versus Nuggets in the first round series. It was a good one. So Spurs steal game one from Denver, but we're also got a lot more to talk about. Kawhi the miss, because Kawhi, we, we all know that we'll talk about it later. And Derek White is a murderer. Damn. <laughs> Mac, he's a murderer, isn't he? He's catching bodies. He's catching bodies and Paul Millsap was the first one. Jeez. Well, we'll talk. We'll be talking about that, too, here in this special edition of At The Line, Playoff Edition, which we'll be recapping every Spurs game and the playoffs because we want to torture ourselves and record this every, like, 20 times a week. <laughs> now nah, we have fun with this. It's going to be fun. All right, so to get started off, the Spurs won in Denver. How the hell they did that, I don't know. 101-96, taking, taking a one-game lead in the series for the first round. Overall, Mac, what do you think about this game? You know what? It was one of those games that um, you chalk it up to. It was an ugly win, but you know the Spurs definitely played harder and and they made the the special plays that they needed to at the right times. So it wasn't very pretty. Um, it looked like they could have made it a lot better of a game, but you know what? In this in this type of situ- situation scenario, it's it's the W that matters, and no matter how you get it. So and it wasn't. Um, Overall, yeah, overall, like the offense wasn't was very sloppy compared to how this offense has been playing. But the defense was doing pretty damn good throughout the whole game. They allowed the defense kept them in the lead for the whole for the whole game after the end of the first quarter. Because the only time the Nuggets led with their biggest lead was four points, and that was in the first quarter. The Nuggets never led after the first quarter. Yeah, and the thing is that I mean the Spurs closed out. With the exception of the third quarter, the Spurs played every single quarter really well, and, and they outscored outscored the Nuggets in every quarter. First quarter, you had twenty five to twenty. Um, second quarter it was thirty four to thirty one. The third, which was a really low scoring quarter, was thirteen to seventeen, and then the fourth was twenty nine to twenty eight. So, um, you know, and and I agree with you to a little bit where I I honestly thought that um, the Spurs did or. Both teams had their shooting woes, but I feel like the Spurs were doing okay as far as shooting goes. Um, now, my concern was, and, and this is a lot of people's concern, is is how LA and Demar didn't seem to do that well. You know, being the, the first and second options on the team, um, you, you know, you would have expected a better stat line from them, um, but. To me, I see the silver lining. In it. I order. I always try to. And to me, what what I am looking at, and through the lens that I'm looking at, is we didn't need Demar and LA to win this game, which was great. And I think that caught the Nuggets off because you know they threw double teams at at LA, and you know they were running off Demar from his shot, but. Everybody else, and just like I said earlier in our other podcast, all our bench guys stepped up, and that was the most important thing. Bryn Forbes was a monster this game. And dude, shot three for four, was, shot seventy five percent from three. This dude yeah, was on fire. He was insane. He was insane, and you know people have have mentioned it on on Twitterverse. He definitely, definitely deserves um, a hall pass for. <laughs> For his performance, as far as like or free from criticism, because you know he was he was killing it, and, and like, then obviously, obviously we we got to get into Derek White. So 
before we move away from Bryn Forbes, one of the things I think Bryn Forbes is very underrated for, and I think a lot of people have noticed, especially later in the season, is how good of a finisher he is. He can, he while he can shoot the three ball, he whenever he is driving, he is taking a lot of shit in the in the paint. You know what? I actually think yeah, he has he has one of the prettiest looking strokes and shots. And and whenever he comes up from that baseline, or sorry, from the three point line, and he he brings it in, and he does that like stop on a dime move, and just just tips it up for you know for that um it's not even a layup it's like a teardrop shot yeah it's a teardrop it's just, floater yeah it just looks so good man it like every time you don't see, even see the net move it's crazy he is such a clean shot and we're gonna need him we're gonna need patty we're gonna need davis and marco to 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 play lights out because they're the guys that we consistently need from the outside um in order to win this game we're gonna need them big time and <clears throat> Talking about DeMar and LaMarcus, the one thing I did like, though, that even though DeMar wasn't draining his shot, that he was taking shots. He wasn't. He was trying to take over, and I think that... I know the shots weren't landing, but he kept fighting it. He wasn't going to... He wasn't letting up, and he was making some pretty shots, too, whenever he did make them. He was yeah, no, I, He was 6 I for agree. 17, but still. it was. I think the volume shooting means that he wants to take over, and I think once he is hot, dude, he's going to be deadly. No, I agree with you. I think that's that's the best thing that we saw in this game. Everybody, even though they weren't scoring, they they tried to impact the game somehow, some way. You know, LA had that crucial um, crucial rebound at the end uh, when they were shooting the free throw, I believe, um, at the very end of the game in the fourth quarter. Um, and he finished up with eight rebounds, pretty much the most after DeRozan's 12, which DeRozan, by the way, had a double-double. And was so close. He's a four. I would say almost, almost triple double. So four assists away know. from that triple double. He had six total. Four assists away. Yeah. But so, but the man of the night, the myth, the legend, probably <laughs> the Spurs MVP of this whole season, Derek Derby White. White. Derek White. <laughs> All right. So let's paint the picture here. Hold up. We got the canvas. We got the paintbrushes. Derek White. We've been. I think the third quarter, Spurs started off like one for ten. <laughs> It was not pretty. They were they started off one for ten. I think Derek White got a did. I think they got they got a stop on the defensive end. Derek White got the ball. He goes up. There's an open lane. And suddenly, goodness gracious, Derek White. Is this aggressive enough? Somebody, somebody, I don't know who it was, said, our guy should attack the rim. And that's exactly what he did there. And goodness gracious. Oh, Millsap. Did you? Oh, don't tell me you jumped for that one. That was chest to chest. Hold up. I'm not done yet. Here's the ESPN. (laughs) I feel like the ESPN version gives it a bit more, gives it a bit more bang with the sound. Spurs with the board. Well, we have gone up and down without either team. Oh, oh we caught a body! White oh, oh. with some dynamite! Oh, now let me tell you, we had a great Woo. look at that. That was an incredible move by this young fella. Uh, remember now, he and Forbes have been scoring a ton of... Just watch this. I'm going in, I'm going right up over the top of you. It isn't like the guy was rotating, the guy was there. There he is. What a move. That's right, telling Paul Millsap. I'm... That was just too pretty. It was just, just I, that just got me standing. Con- just for context, like each team <laughs> was missing these easy bunnies, and it was just discombobulated. People were were missing were missing shots easily. Where passes were just just erratic, and then all of a sudden, Derek White, Derek the Great White snatches a rebound from about the free throw line and then just runs it and rams it right down their throats. Down Paul, and just Mil- Paul Millsap's throat. Bodies. Bodies. D- dude, who, I forget, buries I forgot who the ESPN Millsap. commentator is because I actually like this ESPN commentating team. But he's like, Derek White caught a body. Dude, it's just... And, and shout out to um, Worldwide Wob from Twitter. <laughs> but you know, if he changes... Is handle to to your name or, or something in re- re- relation to your name, you know you've made it. You know that you've reached that promise then. And Derek White, as a second year player, as you know, a, a backup starting or starting point guard, 
catches that type of notoriety because, you know, he just buries the hell out of Paul Millsap. That was definitely the play of the game. And I think that was like the the moment when (laughs) Derek White literally crushed the Nuggets. Dude. And also his steal. We got to talk about his steal. Hold on, but like no more than like five minutes after that dunk, that he was trending on Twitter. I, like, I refreshed like the trending page, and he's like number four. <laughs> Dude, it, it was insane. Like I said, like just just the the sheer like monstrosity of that dunk. <laughs> it was and, it was amazing. And, and in the playoff scenario, and in Derek, the playoff scenario, that's what you know. That's where where these these legendary plays are made. And Derek was um, Derek. I think Derek was the reason this this team was in this game. He shot sixteen points, seven for ten, along with three rebounds, five assists, and a steal. Yeah. He was all over the place. Double double. Do you have a double oh, double? No, he no he no, didn't no, have a double. No, yeah, he didn't. Sorry, he was five away from you know from assists and then. Uh, but still, shooting seventy percent, especially on a night that your guys were not shooting that well. That yeah. And that's the thing, you know, Derek White needs to be playing that 30-minute mark, and he needs to be shooting at, or taking at least 10 attempts in the game because he, he has such great intelligence where he'll understand, like, okay, I can drive it at this point or I can take it for a quick mid-range shot, jumper. He he has that mentality to do that and, and make smart plays and decisions on whether or not, like, he can make that play on his own or he needs to pass it out. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. All right, and so now what you were saying, this is besides the dunk, Derek White had like two highlights, and this this sealed the game for for the Spurs. Do you foul? Well, it depends upon the philosophy. Of oh, the, they lost oh, it. White with the steal. They combust internally and turn the ball over. Derek White with active hands. Spurs there. You get a deflection. Yeah, so Derek White got it. What it wasn't a flashy steal, but it was a steal, no matter what. No, no, I think it was. I mean, it was a pretty. It was. It was Kawhi esque, very Kawhi esque, stealing. You know, picking his pocket, and especially, I think the the most beautiful thing was, um, Jokic came was trying to get a blindside um, screen on him, and trying to you know to post him up, um, so that way Murray could go around and and find some space. But Derek had that that presence that the I guess the intuition that somebody or I don't know, maybe he felt Jokic run up to him or somebody communicated that he was he was about to get screened and immediately or right when Jokic came in and set the screen, Derek just sidestepped very ever so lightly and poked that ball away. Like he he made that ability or he had that ability to just poke it away and then just come up with with the steal. It was I'm watching very Kawhi as I'm rewatching the video and he sees Murray's in front of him and he's backstepping. And he does this slight head turn. I think that's when he sees Jokic. And he, ah. So he does that post-up move. I think Jokic thinks he's just going to run straight run into, right him. into him. And nope, and he, he did win. He instantly, it's amazing. Just I'm re-watching this now because he does a slight head turn. You can see that his peripheral can see Jokic now. He backsteps, turns his head back forward. And once he hits Jokic, it's like on a dime. He just turns towards Murray. Murray's not expecting it, and suddenly that ball's out. Murray's there, does his number. Uh, Derek's there, does the spin move, gets fouled. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like he he had that that intuition to like make that look and and had that quick glance and and then just tap ever so lightly, just tap that ball, just a little tap, 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 tap. And you know it was enough to throw off Murray and and that and the ball momentum, and he got that steal. Like it was like I said, like. Those 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 are the the plays that and I keep referencing Kawhi because he's a, he's notorious for these game winning steals you know stealing dunks but that was that was all Kawhi like that just reminded me so much of of, of the times that Kawhi would come up clutch at the end for us and and um and get those steals when we needed him. Bow to your sensei. Bow to your sensei. <laughs> that's that's definitely Derek telling telling Murray about it to his sensei. I, oh, I, was, I found this soundbite earlier, and I thought this was perfect. <laughs> that was beautiful. But overall, the Spurs, they, I think they did they did the thing that Spurs fans said <laughs> that they needed to. If they were going to take any sort of lead or any advantage in this series, they had to get one on the road, and they've been horrible on the road. We know how that they barely, 
I forgot what their their road record was, but it was one of the worst. 16 to 25. 16 to 25. It was horrible. They had a losing record on away. Yeah, and and the Nuggets aren't that great either. I think they went 20 and 21 on the road, but still they had the advantage. And if the Spurs are going to were going to win this series, they had to steal one at home, no matter steal one on the road, no matter what. And that's what they did on on Saturday night. And it's. I think Spurs fans are hyped, even though it was a sloppy game. I know I'm hyped because I know that we have a one game. We have a one game advantage now, and we still have three games at the AT and T Center. No, shout out to all our bench players. Like, you know, even though Davis didn't didn't get hot until you know the latter portion of the game, he he hit that three exactly when we needed it, when it seemed like we were losing the, the lead. So they came up big, and then Rudy, Marco had. Rudy and Marco, Marco are always clutch. You know what? Speaking about Rudy, I thought his game was way worse than what the stats indicate. He had I didn't know he had 14 points, you know, 14 points and 6 rebounds. Like that's I I didn't it, it just I don't know, for me his game seemed like he was way off and I, I, when I saw that that he had a 14 14 6 night, I was like, "Oh, wow." Um, he ended up having the best plus minus like of the entire team at shot, plus ten. So he shot six for nine too. So he's he wasn't that bad either. I, I know. I don't know. I don't know what I was watching. I guess there's just... there's some of those nights where it seems like a player's not playing that well, but they're quietly having a good night. Kind of like right. Bren, where Bren was just quietly quietly got fifteen points out of nowhere. Yeah, it's fifteen points, but this is where all we had. The Spurs had five people in double digits in scoring, so the scoring was going all around, and. They went. They stuck to that nine-man rotation of that's been successful for them all season. It, besides throwing in Lonnie, and I swear to God, Pop keeps doing this. He keeps throwing Lonnie in for like the last minute of a of the second quarter or third quarter, and that's exactly what he did on Saturday, throwing Lonnie in for the last seven seconds of the second he, quarter. He needed to, though. I think, and the reason why was because Lonnie is a much bigger bigger guard than Brain. So, and that was that was a good defensive possession because I think they they didn't even make the the basket then so i can understand that i can i can see you know him bring him in solely for that defensive position and i think i'm going to see lonnie get maybe a minute or two in this series of like you real know, of real basketball that's not just a i, I think he second. should be getting more you know i think if he can if he can pull some away from marco um you know that that would be good if someone is if someone's just shooting off the bench is just shooting cold and they're not having a good game Say that bring him in. Say that Bryn or Bryn or Marcos is not coming in, not doing that great. That's where Lonnie comes in. And right, he right. plays for a few minutes. I don't think he's gonna get maybe I will say I'm gonna predict Lonnie gets two buckets this series. I guarantee it. Two buckets. I'm not gonna say what how they're where they're gonna come from, but he's gonna get two buckets this series. <laughs> Write me yeah, down for I, that. Like I said, I think he, he definitely needs to he needs to get some run. Um or if the the offense is, is stagnant and no one's doing anything, or no one can can make you know make any baskets happen, then I think at that point you just got to roll with Lonnie and see if he can make something happen because he has that athletic ability to to um, you know slash in there and 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 he he's pretty he's pretty around the rim you know he can make those those layups look really nice. So, all right, so Spurs again play against Denver on Tuesday night. What do you think is going to happen this what needs to happen for this game to go well for the Spurs? Well, they need to tighten up on on their defensive issues. Um you know, for a minute there they let they let the Nuggets come back and 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 shoot them those threes. So, I think they did a really good job on on handling them this this uh this game. Um but I think they need to control their defensive issues and and Lamarcus Demar need to get hot again. They need to play at the cali- the All Star calibers that they were playing. Well, Lamarcus All Star um, was playing, and then um, also they need to realize that the Nuggets are going to come out just absolutely swinging because you know they're listening, they're watching, they're reading all the all the negativity that they're getting. You know all the the press that the Spurs were getting, especially Derek White. So. They're going to come out swinging because they're going to be desperate. If if the Nuggets go down zero and two to start the series, that's that's bad news. The the writing's on the wall there. You know it's going to look really bad them going zero and two on on their home court when they're like thirty five and seven at home, especially against one of the one of the 
worst teams in the playoffs on the road. Road, right, exactly. So the writing will be on the wall. So I honestly think that the Nuggets will probably take this because they're going to play way, way harder. Um, but if the Spurs can can lock down their defensive position, lock down the defensive assignments, and continue to get that bench production, um, you know they're going to be fine. I think I think they can steal both games, you know, and then hopefully close off the series. It would be it would be insane to see this the sweep, but it's not. I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah, and I think the best thing that the Spurs did that night defensively, because they did really well defensively in that they limited they limited Denver to 21% from three-point range, 6 for 28. Right. So they need to maintain that perimeter defense, make Denver force some shots up that they're going to miss. And I think they did really well on that Saturday night. And they also need to maintain their three-pointers. They shot only 15, but they made 46% of those. So... They need to make sure that their three-ball game is on fire because when it is on fire, that team is unstoppable on offense. Force force the Nuggets to go shoot some bad shots, and they really need to start driving towards Jokic on offense. So they start so they start drawing fouls and giving Jokic foul trouble. That's one thing. My dad is watching the game with him. He was really yelling. At, he was yelling at the team, saying, "Why are you not going at Jokic? Go at Jokic yes. and get him in foul trouble." So they yes. really they really need to start going at Jokic in the paint and start drawing some fouls. Because once they do start drawing some fouls, they will be fine. But the one thing I didn't like about the Spurs on offense was that they keep they kept trying to take shots from outside the paint. They kept taking some mid-range off the baseline. They were draining some of them, but you don't they were struggling to get inside. They need to fight they need to start driving towards Jokic, especially some of the guards. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean that's like a, a staple of Spurs where they, they just they pound the paint and um I think it, it's totally missed because you're right. Jokic is aside from Jokic, Murray is Murray and, and Barton um, are are really the only like offensive threats. And, and you have Beasley, but it's he's a really hot and cold player. But you know Murray and Barton are, are the offensive threats that um, that they really need to worry about. And so you need to get one of those guys. If you can get Jokic, he's like the linchpin of that entire team. If you can get Jokic to sit out and play less than, you know, less than 36 minutes or 30 minutes that he has, then that's going to be good. You know, it's keep him on the bench as much as you can by just driving at him and, and collecting those foul shots. Perfect. Well, so that's going to be a close game. Game two is on Tuesday night in Denver. So check it out on, I believe, NBA TV. We'll be right back here at, at the line, but when we come back, we will be talking about the rest of the first round, first, first round, first games. How are the hell you say it at this point? But <laughs> we'll be right back here at the line. Hey guys, have you ever listened to at the line and then suddenly think, huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast. Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off you, your podcast. It's called Anchor, and this is what we use here at The Line. Fun. It's absolutely free to use, and guess what? I know some of our hosting websites, they cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free, and there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out, how do, what, what do I put, how do I get this? It's so confusing, Anchor, although it makes it easy for you. And they will put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcasting websites. And guess what? The best part of it? You can make money from your podcast, but no minimum listenership. That means you can do your podcast for free while making money. Who doesn't love that? And it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content. Just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with the fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. 
Join the Rise Up Podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. Raptors down three. Leonard, a deep one, is short. And we're back. That's too perfect. (laughs) That sums up that game. All right, so welcome back to At The Line. We're going to talk about the game ones from the first round. But before we get to that beautiful game that we we enjoyed as Spurs fans, we got our games to talk about. First game, though, Nets. They take a they take a game one steal against the Sixers, one eleven to one hundred two. That game looked like it was going to go well for the well for the Sixers because Joel Embiid was he was drawing fouls on the inside, but he was coming in with a knee injury, and it looked like they were going to go well. And then they just self destructed, and this young Nets team took advantage of that. Yo, shout out to John Marks, man! Everything that they've done in that organization is just—it's amazing. Um, you know how they were. Everybody thought that they were going to be completely just destroyed after the KG and Paul Pierce trade, but man, they've—they've they've turned that around. And it looks good. Everybody looks really good on that team. A really young, athletic team. And dude, D'Angelo Russell went off for twenty-six points, four assists, steal. He had a negative in the plus minus, but he was cooking all night. And then also in Chris Levert. Dude, this this team was just really good. They had six guys in double digits. They have guys that come from all over. Joe Harris, the white boy, shooting three shot three for four from three point range, five for seven overall. Spencer Dinwiddie with eighteen. Chris Levert with twenty three. This team was just overall good this whole game, and this Sixer team could not get anything going. Yeah. I mean this just seems just look completely just off. Everything about them just looks really, really off. Um, and it doesn't help. It, it doesn't help that Joel Embiid has a bad knee. We all know that. But also, you have a team that has plenty of firepower, and you you have Tobias Harris, you have Ben Simmons, you have Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was the only one that showed up. But Jimmy Buckets needs to come to uh, needs to come to San Antonio. Promise, I don't know about his attitude. Cause do, do, do you do you watch the game zones by Bleacher Report? Uh, I don't I don't keep up with it very much, but uh, I've seen it. It's they because they released a new episode which is over the uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, with the scrubs against Cat and uh, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, and it's it's funny as hell. It just essentially puts puts uh, Jimmy Butler as a madman, butchering all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you see, like um. I saw this. I saw this tweet on obviously Twitter, um, but it had like it had it had somebody obviously Jimmy Butler's face superimposed on somebody else's body, and then it said like Jimmy Butler is gonna show up with with all the players from with random people from I think it's like Barnes and Barnes and Noble or something like that <laughs> and destroy the Sixers like something stupid like that like and, just playing off of what happened in Minnesota and, like, <laughs> and what was while was going on like while he was butchering all of them. Uh, uh, Tibbs is like, this is the best practice we've had all year. <laughs> it, it, it's Game of Zones. If you haven't seen it, that's a great thing. Yeah, go watch, go watch it. But, that's, the, that's the only good thing that's come out of Bleacher Report, to be honest. It's pretty damn good, though. It's re- it's really well developed. It has a lot of inside jokes. I really enjoy it. But the Nets take a good game one win over the Sixers. How do you think that series is going to go if the Sixers keep playing like this? You know, everybody thought that the the Sixers were gonna it was gonna be an easy cakewalk for them, but this team, this this Nets team is they're and and again shout out to Worldwide Wob yesterday or um, yesterday he went on Periscope Live and he 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 mentioned that the Nets team is playing with house money. You know, if you get that reference, what it's basically mean is they don't they don't have anything in it. You know, they're they're playing with free money at this point. They, they they're playing carefree. Everybody, you know, the expectation are on the Sixers to win the series. So you know, the Nets are just playing playing to play. But that's the dangerous because they they can 
they can be free. They can, you know, make mistakes. They can, they're, they're, they don't have any extra pressure and weight on. And I think now after what, the three, four years that Simmons has been playing, it's pretty telling, you know, it's pretty telling his, his playoff record or the Sixers playoff record that they have all this talent. And then for Simmons to just, you know, lay a goose egg, it's, it's pretty telling. It's, it's kind of pretty crazy. But compared to this next game, he did not lay a goose egg as big as Kyle Lowry did. Yeah. yeah this, this game, this game overall, I think this was the most fun game. I think this has been the most fun game out of the two days so far of the game ones. This Magic Raptors game, the Magic steal in a big surprise. Saturday was just full of upsets, but they stole a game 104 to 101 against the, the Toronto Barneys. The Magic, <laughs> the Magic looked great out. Great that night. I don't know what they were doing. They looked fantastic. I'm trying to look at the stats. But they were shooting from all over the place. Um, DJ Augustine, though. Who the hell would have thought DJ Augustine would be one of the top guys in in the playoffs at this time? This dude, well, see, the, this dude was going sorry. off. Well, again, going, going back to it, they're playing with house money, dude. Everybody expected them to get swept. And the fact that they go in there and punch the Raptors in the mouth um, and steal game one, you know, at home, especially with, with all the additions that Toronto has had. And, you know, people people thought, or people still are, obviously, they still think the Raptors are, are the best team in the league because they're so deep. But, you know, this is insane. Like, for them to lose at, on home court against the Magic, the magic. That's I think that was probably the biggest upset of the entire. Or Problem is, yeah, that's that's this, the biggest upset of, of the entire playoffs so far. This Magic team is not to be underestimated, though. This is a team with a All Star in Vucevic. DJ Oxine showed up. He showed that he's a veteran presence because he's been playing the league for a while now. But this game was honestly back and forth, and the Magic had the biggest lead at sixteen. But then, because going into like the second to the second half, suddenly the oh god the. Toronto, I believe, went on like a 22 run and going to start off this second to come back from that lead. It's this was a back and forth game. It was a really fun game. Three different, 13 different lead changes, 12 times tied. It was a really fun game overall. And DJ Oxine so far has one of my favorite clips. Steve Clifford going to let them play it out. Five to shoot. Augustine, three to shoot. He'll take. You bet. DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine, that was just it was cold. That play was one of my favorites based on how on how he took advantage of the of the of the defensive setup because he had Marcus on I believe Aaron Gordon or Vucevic who gave him the screen. I think it was Vucevic. Well, Vucevic gave him the screen, and I believe Kawhi was on DJ. Well, Marcus had it. He had to take DJ, but he thought DJ was going to be driving in, so he took a few steps off it. And that gave just enough space for DJ to take the shot and drains it like no one's business. Yeah, but I think the biggest story come, or at least for me, aside from the Raptors, um, you know, losing home, losing this game on on the home court. Um, Kyle Lowry going for zero points. Zero. <laughs> zero. Zero points in how many minutes again? <laughs> like over thirty. Thirty-three and <laughs> thirty-three minutes. He had zero points and like he, four turnovers, I think, or something like that. Um, he had, he, had da, 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 da. he only had two turnovers, but okay, it, it wasn't was, bad. For, for, but you know, and we heard we everybody's heard the narrative. Demar Derozan was the reason why the Raptors never got out of or never went to the Eastern Conference Finals, or yeah, never got out of the Eastern Conference Finals, or never did anything in in the Eastern playoff. Everybody blamed. DeMar DeRozan, everybody. And then for Kyle Lyra to come out and drop that goose egg like that, like that is increasingly telling that Mar might not have been the problem. Sorry, Raptors. Yeah, you guys are completely wrong on who you think was to blame for this for this game or for, for the failures of this um, of this franchise. I so. really want to tweet out, but I didn't want to jinx the team. 
I was going to say, Demar, if, if we lose, if we lost the game, if we lost the game Saturday night. I said I was not going to blame Demar. I don't think it was ever going to be Demar's fault that we lost if we did. Because no, no, no. I, I mean, going back to going back to Demar's performance. Yeah, it wasn't. It was an all-star level Demar. It wasn't December Demar. You know, it was it was average. He he did what he had to do. Like I said, he got that double double, um, and he. But you know, I, I don't I don't understand how how people were were criticizing him for his quote unquote subpar performance when I think it was pretty par. You know, we don't. Again, I think the silver lining there is that our group, the role players, did what they needed to do in order to win that game, and so. DeMar didn't have to come and save the day. Now, I, I will give it to him. Granted, in the fourth quarter, he missed, like, a crucial shot that he normally hits. But, you know, again, it w- still wouldn't have been his fault. The, the Spurs should have never put themselves in that position to where they got that close. So, All right, the next game is a was the Warriors and the Clippers. Uh, Warriors took it 121-104. to 104. But the Clippers had that put up a pretty good fight throughout this game throughout this game until, until the end and where Curry started heating up. They kept it close in the first half, then the second half was just all Warriors from then on, but the Clippers were yeah, kind of think, giving, giving a good fight, though, in the first half. But I think, uh, you know, that, that also is in, is in reference to um, Pat Beverly getting... Oh, that was... Pat so, Beverly getting ejected. Pat Be- I don't know, I just... I love that Pat Beverly and KD were going at it. Yes. Because <laughs> I mean, Pat, Pat Beverly's a dog. He's, he's, such a, he's such a fighter, and it's awesome. Someone said on Twitter, "Yeah, you Pat Beverly is the guy that you will love to have on your team, but hate if you're going up against because he's absolutely because he's a really good defender. I've always enjoyed him. And last season he went out with a I forgot I think a Achilles injury, but he was out almost all season last last year, and it was and but him to come back this season and showing still showing that he's a defensive dog. He held KD to like 11 points in the at least in the first half the way that he was playing because he his assignment was KD, not Curry." And that was unfortunate because Curry scored like thirty eight, right? But still, it's he, they have they they put up a decent fight, and then once once they got it, they left. It was Warriors from then on out. Uh, but the Clippers did a really good job in getting Boogie found out pretty early on, getting him in foul trouble, and had him foul out. If they can just start forcing the Warriors to have foul trouble to where they have to go to their bench, because they will suffer if they have to go to their bench. They only have about. The Warriors only have about maybe three good guys come off the bench. That's Iguodala and Iguodala and uh, what's his name? Uh, point Quinn guard. Cook. Oh, Cook. Not Cook. Uh, Livingston. No, dude. Livingston's been trashed this season. He's probably been trashed this season, but he's only the uh, only other decent guy that you can think of coming off that bench. I will say though, he's he he poses a huge threat to to other point guards. Normally, point guards are, are pretty small, like under six two, six three. Um, or quite a bit of them, especially the the backup point guards. Sean Levinson's like six five, like he's a he's a giant lanky dude. That's why Spurs always had an issue with him. But yeah, this season he's he's been trash. But <laughs> if you look at the Warriors season, Curry essentially was the reason they won that game. But thirty eight points. Kevin Durant had twenty three. He wasn't that bad. But then Draymond had seventeen. Clay had twelve. Boogie had nine. And that's about it. The rest of the guys they shot below six points. If you don't have Curry going off, and Curry can't drain his shot for some damn reason, then you're screwed as a Warriors because you know you have no one coming off that bench that's decent that's going to help you at least. Because you may have the best starting five in the league, but that starting five it can be helpful whenever they're tired and your bench can't help you. And that's right. why that's why they're so vulnerable this season to me because they have no bench. They they definitely had the weakest bench they they've ever had for sure. All right, moving on is going into Sunday's matchups. First one was the Pacers and Celtics in a low-scoring defensive matchup. Celtics take it 84-74. This game, to be honest, as much as I do enjoy defense, this was a boring game to watch. Because <laughs> it was, uh, it was just very a lot of slowness. I, in the first, third quarter, the Pacers only scored eight. Jesus, I, I didn't, even, I didn't watch this game at all. I didn't watch this game and. Uh... And the Bucks came, so I, I'm just looking at the stats. But, but Celtics, <laughs> Celtics kept stealing rebounds on defensive end, 48 to 33 on defensive rebounds. But that's what that's one of those like grinded out games. At least that's what it seems like. 74 to 84. That might be even the lowest for the entire season. I'm not too sure. 
I'm pretty sure. And Kyrie had 20. Marcus Morris had 20. Points all around. Decent. Celtics have, haven't been very consistent all year, and I think this was one of their more consistent games because the first half was it led by the Pacers, and the second half they took over and they took it. If the Celtics do get their shit together, I I would like to have them as a matchup against it's either them or the Bucks. I like having a matchup against the Warriors if there's going to be a Warriors in the finals. Well, I mean, from the very beginning, everybody thought that the Celtics team was going to be one of the biggest contenders, and throughout the season, they've just they haven't produced, and it's been they've been extremely underwhelming um, because they've had these locker room issues and kind of this drama within within the you know within the ranks. It's it would be great to see them actually solidify, become a team, a unit within the playoffs, and and end up making it pretty far. Um, that would be really nice to see. Speaking of underwhelming performances, the Oklahoma City Thunder fall ninety nine to one hundred four to the Blazers. In a very underwhelming game for Paul George, for the rest of that whole Thunder team, they were not. Sh- they did not have a good game. However, the Blazers they had a good game, but they somehow were letting the Thunder stay in. Even though the Thunder, I believe, shot they shot thirty nine percent from field goal range and only shot fifteen percent from three point range, and somehow they were still on it. You know, it seems like again, this is one of those those games that the stats are kind of. Um are kind of just skewed or, or they don't tell the whole story. Cause I honestly thought it, it seemed like the Blazers were, were just dropping those, those threes. Like it was insane. It looked like, and, and at one point they almost had like a 20 point, 20 point lead on OKC. Um, yeah, absolutely. OKC was just pretty, pretty underwhelming. Um, I actually pointed this out on, on Twitter saying, you know, I don't want to see this Blazers team in a playoff series because you know, I would rather see them, or sorry, I'd rather see OKC than the Blazers just because of the amount of shooting they have. You know, ev- oh, it just seems like every guy that they have can shoot the ball and shoot the ball well. So um, whether it's from the three point line or whether it's from you know from inside or or take it to the bucket or yeah, take it to the bucket. I just I don't know if Paul George is not going to be Paul George, then for sure I think. The team we want to see come out is 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 OKC. I do like this Portland team. I've always, I've been saying this all year. This Portland team's always fun to watch, and I really got nervous whenever Nurkic went down. However, my boy Ennis Cantor showed up. Yeah, twenty points, eighteen rebounds. This, and some people were really worried about the matchup against him and Stephen Adams, where he wouldn't because Cantor is known that he can't defend. He doesn't defend. But this dude was showing up on the offensive side of the, side of the ball. It was really fun to watch. And then he, I believe he had a shot at the uh, Knicks saying that I was on the worst team and they weren't even playing me because I thought I was old. And suddenly I'm on a playoff team and playing big minutes and a big and a really good performance. Yeah, he's, I mean, uh, you were right from the very beginning saying that the Spurs should have picked him up because he would have been so good um, on the Spurs team. Yeah, he's Defensively, he's kind of an issue, or he has some issues. But I mean, the, the fact that he can rebound and grab and and just put up points is is exactly what you need at this point. Um, but and of course, he's been clutch since he's had to come in and and play for for the injured um, Nurkic, which is um, which says a lot about him. You know, it, he's a veteran presence. He's he's been to these to this position where he's been in the playoffs. Um, you know, and I, I I do like that story of him going up against his former teammate, you know, um, Stephen Adams. I mean, and, and you can see on one play, um, Adams went down because he I don't know if he tripped or, or something, but he went down, and then and instead of Ines like running away for somebody else, he he goes up and he like gives Stephen Adams a pat on the shoulder, like, "Hey, I hope you're okay." Um, and it's really good to see them see them do that, and this is a good story for him. You know, if he comes out and, and they pull off pull off the win of the series. You know, it's going to be great to see, like, hey, Ines Kanter won over his old team, um, you know, and, and, and especially getting out of a horrible situation in the Knicks. So, ah, man, I love uh, this Portland team is really great. I, I I love all the guys on there. Um, they're they're a team that I'm I'm rooting for. Like the Spurs don't continue if the Spurs get um, you know get shut out or not shut out, but if the Spurs don't don't make it past the the Nuggets, 
then you know I, I would love to pull for the Portland to to make it because they're good. You know, they they're a good bunch of but good bunch of guys. Hey, Charles Barkley said that they're going to the finals. Oh, well, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know if they have I don't know if they have the ability to to battle with with Boogie down there and and all the and yeah. Steve uh, Stephen Curry, but um, I think they're definitely deeper than than the. They're deeper than the Golden State Warriors for sure. I, the reason I want Portland to win this series, if the Spurs do win, because even if the Spurs don't win a series against Portland, at least I still have a team I'm like cheering for. Because I don't, I right. don't really care. I don't really want to cheer for Oklahoma City more, even though I like Stephen Adams. I rather cheer for Portland and go on because Portland has been a dogfighting team this season, and they have nah, really, I, they have one, they have one of the deeper benches in the league too. And that's just a fun matchup. Seeing bench versus bench with the Spurs, that could just be a really fun matchup to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, obviously, I would want the Spurs to win and and have that again another storybook, um, a great story in in LA carrying the Spurs over his former team. Um, but yeah, again, same thing. I would I would not mind watching the Blazers come in and and if they could go to the finals, that'd be that'd be awesome. All right, and the final game that we're going to cover because we are recording this during the Rockets Jazz game, so we're not even going to bother saying score because we're going to be outdated as soon as that as soon as that game ends. But the last game we'll talk about is a blowout by the Bucks. The Bucks beat the Pistons one twenty one to eighty six. He's man, he's. I don't think we got to really cover that game too much besides Giannis showing up and being a being a baller. Blake Griffin was out, I know that, but this Bucks team is dangerous. We can all say that. I think. I'd rather have them. I would love to see the Bucks come out of the East because it's Giannis. Giannis has been, this is a really good team. They got Boone Hoser, Spurs alumni. And also, I mean, I found this, I figured this out. If the Warriors do make the finals, I'd rather have the Bucks be against them because that means I only have to hear the Warrior fans for th- maybe three games. <laughs> yeah. I, I think. And I think honestly, the best the best team or the deepest team is is the Bucks. I mean, they they have such a good squad overall. Um, I think they they can present a problem to to most you know, to most of of any team in the league right now or in the playoffs. So, um, and Giannis is just no one can guard that man. Like, how do you guard a seven foot behemoth that moves like a guard? Like, it's just. Everybody thinks that Anthony Davis is insane, and he is, you know, in his own right. But Giannis is just like, how do you stop that? <laughs> the dude's a freak. He's called the Greek freak for a reason. For a reason, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, while the Warriors have a, have the firepower, the Bucks still have they got a good good all around team. However, I think the curse of Pal Gasol is going to ha- haunt them. Although he was uh, inactive tonight, I, though he was inactive. I I totally forgot he was. On the team, <laughs> I only I only remembered because they gave up a close up of him in a in street clothes on the behind the bench. That's that's still that still boggles my mind that he went. Well, I guess he signed with that team because he knows that they could go far. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Hey hey, it's it, it's another Maybe free ring, ring, not a ring for him. Just, yeah, just like Demarcus, it's like Demarcus trying yeah. to get a just ring chasing, and then him retire. You know, it would be amazing if the Spurs ended up going to the finals and winning, <laughs> playing the Bucks against. <laughs> And then it's like, uh, <laughs> oh, that sucks for you, boy. Well, I know, I, I guess Paul would, Paul would still get a, a ring, right? I think so. No, because no, because he wasn't on the winning team. Overall. No, no, no. He would still get a ring because he played. Like if the Spurs were to win, he would still get a winning ring, or he'd still get a winning ring because he was with the Spurs for this. He started with the Spurs. Someone on Twitter, go research that and then come back to us. Tweet at us. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. So, all right, and so to wrap this up. Uh, we we were talking about how do we want the playoffs to proceed, and like what teams were the better matchups. We already talked about Portland being a I think being a fun matchup, and I also I like that matchup because I think since there's no big inside presence for Portland, that Lamarcus could probably walk all over them. I mean, I I would I would say it's still going to be really really tough because we don't have anybody. If Dejounte Murray were to play, I would be much more comfortable. Oh, yeah, definitely. Blazers. Because we have somebody that can guard both CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. Yeah, but if Dejounte was, I think this would be. A, I think that the Spurs would definitely have the advantage if they had that Dejounte Derek a backcourt. If I got that right, it w- I would be more 
I'd be more confident in that matchup, but since it's only Derek, you can only pick pick one guy, and I would probably pick Damian. Have Derek on. Yeah, and Brain Brain would have to step up as far as as far as guarding CJ McCollum, which is not or Brain or Patty, um, or or maybe even you know maybe even throw Lonnie in there, see if he can he can just disrupt CJ's game because CJ can can carry that team to a win. Exactly. Um, so it's gonna. The guard game, the guard matchups would have to. You'd have to find. You'd have to be a better guard team in order to guard or to play to beat the the Blazers. So, so, well, that wraps it up for this special edition of At the Line. Just going to wrap things up. You can check us out at our home base on AtTheLine.com, or you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. You can find us on Twitter on at AtTheLinePod. Where can they find you on Twitter, Mac? Uh, you guys can find me at Mac Penn Media on Twitter. Follow me. I'm almost at a thousand followers. I would greatly appreciate you guys if Daddy. you could, um, you know, follow me and, and we can get that mark. That'd be a great milestone. Gotta get this man 1K. I already got a 1K. I need him to get 1K. Let's do it, guys. Come on. <laughs> if you want to add more to my 1K followers, you can follow me at Ty Yeager Radio. That's Ty Yeager, J A G R, just like the alcohol radio. Don't forget to check out the Rise Up Podcast community on Twitter at RUPodCommunity or their website bit.ly slash RiseUpPodCommunity for all the other amazing podcasts within the community. Don't forget to check out Belly Up Sports because we are a part of Belly Up Sports. Visit BellyUpSports.com for articles and podcasts of all your favorite sports, especially with the NBA playoffs going on right now. You can also check them out on Twitter at BellyUpSports. Be bold and stand out. That's BellyUpSports. Don't forget merchandise, too. We always got merchandise. Why well, Why would we not have merchandise when we can give it to you guys for a really good price? Yep. <laughs> you can get merch on, on our store, bit.ly slash at the line store. You can also find that link on our website. We got, we got hoodies if you're going to be in a cold office place for the summer. We got tank tops, t-shirts. Go rep us. Go rep the Spurs while you're at it. Dr- guys, drunk hoodies, t-shirts, tank tops. Go, you can all find them at the line store. You have any last words, Mac? Uh, I just want to give a shout out to the most winningest coach in the oh, entire NBA. How can I forget about that? Our man, our our grandpappy, um, the man who has kept us all together so long, so great, Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich, love you. Most winningest coach in NBA history. Was it who? Who did he pass? Larry Wilkins, I think. I don't know. I, I, we don't have enough time for this. It doesn't even matter. Pop is number one. That's number one. <laughs> and I, he has more. He has more franchise playoff wins than. believe more. He has more game wins than six different franchises. I, I mean, what this guy? This guy just racks up the W's. Just he's oh, that's all. He's a walking W. All that's right, it. all right. We'll see you guys after game two on Tuesday. Go Spurs, go! And we'll see you back here at the line. <laughs>